The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it is a good day to be a Yankee fan if you bought stock in Domingo Herman. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> Two really good starts in a row for Herman. That is that is a big positive that I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. See, there you go. A little silver lining. And that's pretty much all I've got. Good at <laughs> Scherzer. Dominated the athletics. Nah, man, they suck. They, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. They had a 17 inning stretch in Oakland where they scored one run in 17 innings. And Oakland is like actively trying to lose. Yeah. They're not even competing. Criminally, like there needs to be an investigation opened into like how bad they are. Like the, they said it on Thursday night's game. Um, Because once again, obviously I wasn't going to watch any games. I was up late. Um, and they were talking about whoever it is on the team who has the highest salary. And it's like $2.75 million. Like it's, it's what the clubhouse attendance in the Bronx make at the end of the season. (laughs) And the announcers were openly talking about how they didn't recognize any of the names on the team. Like we're diehard baseball fans. And I didn't know any of those guys except vote basically. Yeah. Even vote. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's bad because you get there was that little bit of hope, you know, where we won the Blue Jays game. And then I perfectly predicted last Monday night's game like to a T. I don't get I, like I get it. this isn't the biggest show in the world. A couple thousand people listen to it. You know, we're not part in my take or, you know, we're not John Boy. I don't get enough credit for fucking knowing baseball because <laughs> I do. Um. And yeah, they, you know, we get through those games. All of a sudden, it's like we won five in a row, and we're back. And when you see the, the, you know, what would we put up? 12, 13? 13 on Thursday, on Thursday yeah. Yeah. Cause I obviously didn't say it the whole time. When we blow that open, I'm like, I'm going to bed. But then it's like, even when we went on Friday, it's on one swing. It's on one judge swing. And we ran ourselves out of a lot of opportunities early in that game with double plays. You're like, ah, maybe we're not quite as back. And then, like, I didn't stay up Saturday night to watch us lose in 11 innings of you're not scoring any runs till extra innings. Like, what are we what are we doing? And when you talk about Herman, like he's putting up some we're getting good starts. The bullpen has looked good, especially dealing with a ton of things. And we'll talk about all of them. Um, But this fucking lineup just can't get going. And at a certain point, and I get it, people want Peraza up. Peraza, fuck you, call him up. Shoot IKF in the face for all I care at this point. That's not changing what's going on. I mean, if you look at it, if Stanton could play the outfield, which maybe eventually he will, we have all-stars in every outfield position. We have, I mean, Rizzo has been an all-star. Glaber's been an all-star. Trevino's an all-star this year. We've got an all-star ace. 
Donaldson has been an all-star. And I get it. It's been a while since Donaldson's been an all-star. But, like, at a certain point, it's not just IKF. Peraz is not – these guys just have to play fucking better baseball. They do, and to me, it's just the entire infield, right? Donaldson's been shit all year, 220, no power. DJ, since that, since he stubbed his toe or whatever that toe injury, has done nothing, and he made the game-losing error. Glaber's on-base percentage is below 300, and Rizzo's been god-awful since that back injury. It's really the entire infield. The outfield's been okay, like you said. Starting pitching, been okay. Bullpen holding up despite the injuries. It, it's the infield, man. That's what it is. Yeah, it, and it's just... But so even with like, yeah, you know, the, the outfield, I mean, Ben Intendi has, he's definitely on the upswing yeah from where we got him. But like, you could just, you got to find more runs against fucking Oakland against Oakland. Like this was our worst offensive month. It's not over yet. So it can still get worse. So you got to think it gets better. Like it was worse in July because July, we were still good at the beginning of July. We haven't been good in this month at all. No, they've won. The only series we've won in August is the two-game sweep of the Mets. And I don't even know if you can count a two-game series as a as a real real series win. No, it's been terrible. And I remember, I think it was April or May, and I, I was on here, and I was like, well, we just need one of Torres and Donaldson to, like, pick it up and have a good year and do something, and we'll be set. And they've both just been dog shit. Like, I've been looking for – Claver had a good, like, two weeks, and people were yeah. like, fuck, and aren't you stupid? People thought we were stupid for saying, like, I don't know, maybe Glaber's not what we thought he was. And the problem is he fucking did it right before the All-Star break. I mean, right, right, right. And they were, man, it would have been nice if they traded him for Pablo Lopez now. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating. His OBP is at 295. He, he's, again, he does not have the physical gifts to make up for the mental lapses. That That's what it is to me. And he's, you know, he goes out in and out of the game. It seems like mentally he's not focused. He doesn't always hustle. And when you're not hitting the ball 500 feet or sprinting really fast or have a rocket arm, you, you got to be locked in, man. Yeah. And I, I had a baseball coach who used to say, you're going to make physical errors. Physical errors happen. You get in the right position, the ball hits a rock, whatever. But mentally, you can't make errors. And, you know, he, Glaber's been a guy the whole time where you're like, I don't know, is he even like all there? Yeah. And again, like seems like a really, really nice guy and, and things like that. But yeah, just hasn't taken that next step. And you look at the guys that he was compared to when he came up and it was Acuna and Soto and these these mega stars were that he was making the all star team with in 18 and 19 as kids. And now it's like laughable to compare him to those guys. I, I think he's a non tender candidate if he's sitting at around 10, 11 million dollars for a cap hit and they can't trade him. I, I I don't think he's worth that. I really don't next year. How many more years of control do we have on him? I think just two. No, I mean, they're going to tender him a contract. They'll tender him a contract and try to trade him. And I then we'll find a partner or it'll be, you know, like a Gary type deal. Yeah, no, it's it's just really disappointing when you think about how heralded he was coming up, but it's just another example of one of our quote unquote top prospects not panning out, not maxing out. And to me, you got to look at player development. You got to look at the coaching staff. But this is becoming way too common of a trend where Judge is really the only baby bomber that's actually been a good major leaguer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not even – there's no, like, stretch of that. Like, no, you can't argue Seve because he's no. just not – he's just inability to stay healthy. Um, And so, you know, if you want to give him an incomplete – that's fine, but that's still not a passing grade. Yeah, and Gary and Glaber are really weird cases because they were both two-time All-Stars by the time they were t- 22 or 23, but then they just— Oh, they were going to break the bank. Yeah. Never going to be afford—we couldn't afford anything. We weren't going to be able to afford tickets to the game because we were going to have to keep all these guys. <laughs> yeah, very, very frustrating. And then you know what really bothered me was that when Boone and Judd said, you know, they, they got some good pitchers over there. You got to tip your cap. I mean, these are some of the worst pitchers in the sport Saturday and Sunday. They both have ERAs over six. Don't don't insult my intelligence and tell me that we have to keep our tip our cap to some minor league pitchers pitching in Oakland. That, that was embarrassing. Yeah, the just the like, well, you got to give them credit. And it's just like that's a cop out of you not accepting like what went on. And I here's the thing. Judge saying that. I mean, he's trying to be a captain. He's trying to, you know, deflect. We've talked enough about the Jeter stuff where, like, you know, he he did everything, but, you know, he, he said everything but gave you nothing at the same time. 
So I get like that's tough. Boone had his like, you know, his freak out last week and, you know, we agreed with him the first time. But like. Listen, we're in Anaheim for three days and I honestly have no idea what's going to happen there. But I could tell you if it's not good. I don't think we're going to turn it around in the trap. Like the next two weekends are very concerning. We have six games against the Rays who are surging, who are a franchise and a city and a building and everything that is built for. We fucking sneak up on you in September. No one's been here all year. No one even knows we're playing. And now they're going to fucking pack the stadium for the playoffs because we made this run where we caught the Yankees and found our way into division game 162. Yeah, it's spot on. I mean, uh, we talked about this last week. We're in a stretch of games in places that the Yankees don't play well. They don't play. They've always played terrible at the Coliseum since I can remember. They've always played poorly in Anaheim since like 2000, and they've always played poorly at the Trop. It's just a, it's just a tough stretch. It's, it's going to be a tough watch. These games are at 9:40 or whatever at night, and then they go to the Trop this weekend. They do have a bit of a soft landing spot with the Twins at home next week. I think they get four games against the Twins. At Yankee Stadium, yeah. who have always been the team that we've we've played the best against, and then but they're they're battling for a wild card. I know, but I'm still not scared of them. And then and then the Rays come in next weekend, but you get that you get the Jeter night. Maybe there's some energy there, and you get into September and you get going a little bit. But I do think this week is definitely going to be it's going to be a drag, man. These games are going to be late, and then they go to the trap. These are not going to be fun watches. That's the thing. The games are fucking slogs. It's uh, what like there's no excitement to watch it it's like oh great cabrera hit a triple let's not score any runs like and that happens early and it takes the wind out of your sails and every fucking game is like that i mean saturday saturday was infuriating like the athletics were trying to give them that game we had one hit and then we got somehow scored two runs on a single passed ball what a miracle and, and then you know the marinaccio lets up a two-run homer and i don't know what dj was doing. I mean, that was the easiest double play ball. IKF flips it to him and DJ throws it up the first baseline. That would have ended the inning and instead the athletics walked off. But they didn't they didn't deserve to win that game to be but to be up two nothing in the eleventh after winning the first two games and, and get a split. Like that that's what I can't handle. You gotta find a way to win Saturday or Sunday. Well that's why because of like pretty much because of Saturday and Sunday I have no faith in anything with Minnesota coming to town because honestly, one week from now when well, we'll probably record this Tuesday instead of Monday. We probably won't do it on Labor Day. Um, We'll figure that out offline. Yeah. But you guys, you've got the app. You'll figure out what's going yeah. on. Um, Like the world could just be so different for the Yankees, because if you embarrass yourself in Anaheim, like where? We're sitting here saying if they get two out of three, like I can breathe pretty much like not like, hey, that's a given. Like, hopefully they don't sneak one in and get a sweep uh, and, you know, steal one from us instead of a sweeping. We're praying to get two out of three against Definitely. the Angels and we're not facing Otani. And that's with a cold start, too. Yeah. Which usually when it's a cold start, you're like, oh, I want the sweep. And, and yeah, I'm thinking win the cold game and pray that we win one of the others. And this is like where he's from. He's from like Anaheim's the closest stadium that he's from to, right? Yeah. He's from Orange I, County. I, yeah. That's okay. my understanding of it. Pitched well in Oakland. Um, you know, yeah. Starting to be opti- more optimistic about him. And I think he likes pitching on the West Coast. He's down to a 3.3, still leading the league in strikeouts. I'm, I'm confident that he can, you know, ramp it up a little bit, but it's the rest of these. The rest of these guys. We're we gonna put him in the lineup. We're gonna let yeah. him <laughs> not scoring at all. You know, and you think back, like even in the beginning of the year when they were winning all those games, it, it was mostly pitching and defense. Like when Judge doesn't hit, this offense is just you can't even watch it. Yeah. And so here's the thing: Judge is he's batting 293. He's got 49 home runs. Had it, you know, in the last week of the month. In his last 15 games, though, he's batting 196. Yeah, I think like, he's I think he's exhausted and he's not getting and he's not getting any protection in the line. Yeah. Nobody's pitching to him anymore. That's yeah. the other problem. So and, you know, and in his last seven games, he's hitting 250 in his last 30. It's 288. And I know there's someone going, we're really talking about batting average. Shut up. It's clearly like this, the length of the season. Like if this was a 12 game lead, 13 game lead, 
maybe we'd be complaining. Cause there would be because it'd be like home field. There'd be people complaining about him getting a couple days off. But like there is no line of sight for him to get days off right now. And he needs them. Exactly. And with the real issue is you couldn't really give him a day off for the entire Stanton injury. I think he had one day off because then yeah. you got nothing, basically. And that's that's a problem. And, and that's why they kind of sucked last year is the judge and Stanton were the only ones that hit. And you look around the field at the rest of these guys and it's like the Donaldson Torres thing. It's like I just need I don't need all of you to play well. Like I need one or two of you guys to do something. R- Rizzo, you got to think it's the back, right? I mean, he has been awful since the back injury. I think it's just all like. I think all these things are just nagging injuries that are just they're the injuries that don't just get better. Yeah. And I don't know, like maybe we're saving it up for like a September 20th fucking quarter zone shot. Like start shooting these guys up with whatever you can where it's going to last them through the playoffs. It feels like they're just slogging. It really feels like they're on autopilot and they think that, all right, mid September we'll lock in and, and ratchet up the intensity, but they they've shown that they can't do that. I mean, they've gone through poor stretches and thought they could turn it up in the postseason and fell flat on their face in October. So I don't really have confidence there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's there's not a lot to be optimistic about. And you, it's at this point, like we are hoping that we see some glimmer of the old the first half Yankees where we can get behind them and be like, all right, well, maybe they will make it to the playoffs or, you know, not make it to the playoffs. Maybe they will make a deep run in the playoffs. But like I said, you've got Anaheim who stinks and it's, you know, there, I'm sure we're in our own heads and all, all that shit that like is not going to help any of these teams, you know, it helped any of these players get over this hump. But then again, after that Tampa, you've got, Minnesota, who right now is three games out of a wild card spot. So you're not like there's no one who is going to, you know, then we've got Tampa again. Then we're in Fenway for two and they fucking suck. But they, you know, one, they're going to play us tough. They're not making the playoffs. They're seven games out of a wild card. So that's done. But they're going to play and they're starting to call guys up. So you're going to get guys who are just getting their first shot. First time in a Red Sox uniform would love to beat the Yankees. Then we've got Milwaukee. So we're going to Milwaukee. Guess what? They're a game and a half out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Then we've got Pittsburgh. So you got two games against Pittsburgh, four against Boston at home, who would love to play spoiler because now it's the 22nd of September. Yeah. Three in Toronto that we don't know if Ben Intendi can play in yet. Three against the Orioles, who right now a game and a half out. And then the four in Texas with a doubleheader in the middle, like – it is not an easy time to get out of here. Like, yeah, maybe you hit those last four games. Nothing's really hanging in the balance. And those guys are going to pack it in. Maybe the pirates aren't really going to try. Everyone else is going to be out there fucking trying. Yeah. We split with the pirates in Pittsburgh. I can't even, I can't even get excited about that. And yeah, you really hope, I mean, if they're, if they're having to battle for the, the that buy that last series in Texas, we got, we got big problems. Like they're only, they're only seven games up, seven and a half games up in the division. I'm not, I'm probably like 80% sure they're, they'll win the division. But to me, that's not a foregone drop dead conclusion. It's not even close. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Yeah. We could easily get swept two weekends in a row by the race. Yeah. Tough to see that at home, but I I could see them getting. Is it just, it's three in the chop, right? Three in the chop. But yeah. so if it was the other way around, if it was three at home, then three in the trap, I'd be like, yeah, we're definitely not going to get swept two weeks in a row. You get swept a whole weekend in the trap, and then you've got to play them at home. They're in your head. So they just got to do some winning things. They just have to like – it's just not going to – it's not going to turn around at all unless they just fucking pick it up. Like who wants to be a baseball player? Because some of these at-bats are just not competitive. At all. These guys are flailing or they're trying, you know, when the opportunity comes up, someone hits a triple Carreras on third base. Guys are trying to hit a fucking three run home run with one guy on base. The, the distance doesn't matter. Get back to being the, the front row bombers. 
they have a bu- they have too many players that take the same swing no matter what who's on the mound, what the count is, where they're playing. It's just the same all or nothing 100% swing. Luke Voigt used to do that and I would hate it. Be a 3-0 pitch with the bases loaded and he'd be swinging out of his shoes at a ball that was out of the zone. Glaber does it. It's frustrating. I saw something they they've swung at the most like 3-0 pitches out of the zone of any team and you can see it like it's 3-0 yeah. and they just they're hacking. It's annoying. Yeah, you're they're all they all want to be the baby bombers. They don't want to be the guy who just drove in the run. Like last year, we didn't hit sack flies. Like we never sacrificed last year. And now, like this year, we hit a lot of sack flies early in the year. We were scoring runs off of it. I mean, we had a squeeze play a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's during the bad time. But like still, it has gotten to the point where. It just it doesn't feel like a team. There's not like a team like, hey, we're going to do this. And I know they had a, uh, like a, a team meeting. Oh, they did. I believe they did. I want, I, I'm assuming Judge spoke. Rizzo probably spoke. Maybe a couple other guys. A um, couple other guys. No, and, and everybody tries to like cherry pick, oh, since this date or during these last 30 games. To me, it's very simple. Before that Astro series in June in the Bronx, we were fucking invincible. Nobody could beat us. We were incredible. We were going to the World Series. And then the Astros came in and we got no hit and we got split and they just haven't been the same since. Like at a very high level, that that's kind of what's happened. It's really been the tale of two seasons pre Astro series and post. Yeah, there is a like. You got, you know, like. It's like us and what used to be the Red Sox, you know, like you got to tip your cat and call him daddy because like that's what happened. It was like a certain level of and yeah say whatever you want about 2017 like they beat us in 19 straight up they beat us in a ton of just regular season series for years and there's just something when we see that fucking stupid orange that we just can't can't get over yeah and they had a chance like you know right was it was right before the break they had that one day doubleheader in houston they got embarrassed and and got swept there I, i thought like those mets games i will say just to be positive, I mean, the crowd was – I know it was some Mets fans, but, man, that was electric on Monday and Tuesday. It, the crowd yeah. was bumping. And I thought that was going to juice – and they swept that, and I was like, okay, we're back. We might go on a run, and then they just – We might go on a run. We got through this. Stanton's back. Then you come out and you score 13 with Stanton immediately making an impact, and you're just like, here we are. We're back. But no, they just look lost. And it's just like there is no – I get it. Like, people are mad. People are frustrated. There's no trades to be made. Yeah, you want to call up a fucking 21-year-old kid or however old Peraza is? Like, yeah, call him up. I don't know what that's going to do. Guess what? If rosters expand in three days anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, maybe we'll see him. But that's yeah. not going to turn it around. IKF does have the worst uh, F4 among all starting shortstops. Like, it's it's bad. I know we're like, you're sick of hearing me whine about Peraza, but it is – it does feel like Cashman is the only man on earth that doesn't think Peraza would be an upgrade over IKF. Like you talk to any Yankee fan and it's like, yeah, hmm, maybe this guy that's dominating AAA would be better than the worst F4 shortstop in the majors. But Cashman, for whatever reason, he does not seem to believe so. Yeah, I mean, I got I understood not making the move earlier. Like I thought we were waiting till whatever it was, the 18th to 20th. Like I understood what was happening. And like, that's the game. That's part of the game of baseball. Your team's not always put in the best 26 guys out there because they're doing that. You know, they're, they're manipulating service time, but I mean, something's got to happen. Cause and right now it's just, it feels like every day it's just someone's injured. We got a, you know, someone had a kid. I think we've had like 40 kids born on this team this year. <laughs> yeah, Everybody been has been on paternity leave. Yeah, it's been a lot of, but it is like, like you said, be careful what you wish for because Clark Schmidt is the perfect example. Every fan that I know has been clamoring. Clark Schmidt needs to start. Give Clark Schmidt an opportunity. Top prospect. And he gets a shot on Sunday to win a series and completely flops. And it's frustrating, man. It's like nothing is, nothing is working out the way. But then in the meaningless games, when they had Clark come up in relief in a 10, nothing game, you know, he dominates. It's frustrating. It is. It's this is baseball. It's just it's a long fucking forever season. It's too many games. And when your guys like us or the kind of people who listen to this podcast 
Like the season didn't start in April. You know, the season starts when free agency opens up. No, absolutely. Some good news. Clay Holmes is back tonight. That's do you think which Clay Holmes? Well, they say, you know, combination of the back being better and a, and a mechanical tweak that he worked on with Matt Blake. They're optimistic. He can get back to he first, spent time with Matt Blake. Form. There you go. I don't care if he had a fucking sandwich with Matt Blake. We're good. They really I mean, there, there's like they're, they're not going anywhere. If he can't even if he needs to be like at least 80 percent of what he was. First half, it's it's unrealistic to expect him to have, you know, 30 straight starts without allowing a run or whatever. But he needs to at least be like a top half closer if they're going to go anywhere. We also called up. What's his name? Wasahiki, whatever. Free, I thought it was Friedland, Griegland. No, we called. No, not today. Just in general. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. his name? How do you say it? Wasiki. I don't know, dude. Yeah. These five. It sounds like a name of like a town right outside Philly. Um but like he's the triple A closer, having a great season. He's got an eighty three ERA. Now, like it's just nothing, nothing is working. Like it is to a certain extent. That's the one thing that gives me hope is how you've been saying how you how you just said, nothing is clicking. No matter Clark Schmidt is lights out all the time. Great, we need him. We're gonna give him the shot that he's supposed to get. Boom, you suck. <laughs> Domingo Herman, you beat women, you fucking you're a piece of shit. You don't do anything right in the offseason. We fucking can't wait to for you to be exposed to a certain extent so we can get you off this team. Seven and two-thirds. Three hits. <laughs> no earned runs. Wesahiki boy, you get come up, 83 ERA. And at that point, I was like, all right, we've got Aralis Chapman, who has been one of the top closers, at least from a name standpoint, in the history of baseball. We're getting Zach Britton back who's been an all-star closer. We've got Clay Holmes, who's an all-star closer. And now we're getting like the best minor league closer of all time. And we can't get a fucking out. Nah, and even, and Marinaccio, same thing. It's like, he's been really good. Everyone's like, give him a chance to close out a game. Boom. Two run bomb to, to tie it. It's been, it's been tough. The bullpen, it's almost easier to name the guys that are on the IL than the guys that are healthy. What, what do you think of this? This Chapman tattoo thing. It's like, like you can't make this stuff up, dude. I listen. I don't have any tattoos. I've never. My understanding, it's just needle, ink, a lot of needles. The way you're playing, man. If you're gonna put any needle in you, make it fucking steroids. Because <laughs> I, it's that is a you're not a part of this team. You're not a team player here. I don't know when it was like, was he on the IL? If you're in the IL and you're getting tattoos, like I don't know when the date is that he got the tattoo, but if you're in the middle of the season in the worst season you've had in a contract year, playing on a team that is playing some of the best baseball ever played with you making zero contribution. And you are like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get a tattoo. And who knows where he got the tattoo? I don't think, it was the best, cleanest places that you can get tattoos. It feels like it was done in like a hotel room or like in a garage or something like that. And now you're going to you were ineffective with the infection. Now you're out with the infection. Get fucked, my guy. Get fucked. Yeah, now he's used up. He's used, I mean, between let's go back a, a while. I mean, his his you know domestic abuse stuff, the playoff blowing playoff saves now that just the complete lack of effectiveness. I'm completely done with Chapman. I don't think he's even going to be on the postseason roster if they can help it. Now, Britain is where he may be one of those guys where like, I don't like he may just be done with baseball. I don't know. I think he's really going to, he's going to want to pitch somewhere. I think he's going to be very, like, I still think he's crazy. I think he still thinks he's going to command like top dollar. And I think he's going to get offers for like, you know, one year, 2 million. From somebody like I, I think he's gonna have no market. I mean, what would he, what did he do in his last year? Like in his last year, um, like Yasiel Puig hit two sixty seven in his last year with uh, what do we got? Like uh, let me see, let me see, let me see, with twenty four home runs, and then just like never got or got looked at again. Or no, wait, he got yeah two teams. No, in his last year, which was 2019, yeah, 267, 24 home runs. I just never got another opportunity again because 
the contracts up off the field stuff. And like now he never shot. He was just a weird dude who was kind of out there partied and fucking drove his car fast. Never hit women. Never like not arrested. That's been the same thing. Cespedes has had the same. Well, Cespedes just like wasn't interested in playing baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Puig still like to right now. He's playing in the Korean league. Gotcha. Okay. He's only 31 years old. So you've got to think like, I think there's a chance that people are just like, I don't know, man, you were playing for the fucking Yankees and you didn't give a shit. We think you're going to give a shit coming to Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fair. It's fair. It's he's, he's a complete non-factor him and Glaber. I've mentally moved. And also if you said like, if you want to give him, if you want to offer him one year, $2 million, you might as well drop that $2 million from a helicopter on the stadium with your fans in it. It's a better use because if this is $16 million or whatever the fuck we're paying him now and every opportunity to win a World Series and go into free agency as a World Series champion with the Yankee and you're not fucking trying now, you're not going to try for $14 million less in Kansas City. Now, now what was his injury earlier? Achilles? That's what it was. He or a calf yeah. or something. It's been yeah. it's been all sorts of things. It's just been such a steady decline. I mean, since basically since the Altuve homer, like 2019 was his last great year. I think he made the All Star team that year, and he's basically sucked since. He did develop that like split change, and it was like, oh, he's gonna learn how to pitch without velocity, and then that worked for like a month, and then he just sucked again. Just throw hard. <laughs> like that's all. Like you're a big dumb idiot. Just throw hard. He is. Um, Britain through in a rehab game Saturday night. They said he needs six or seven more appearances to determine if he's going to be able to come back. Can you explain to me what the fuck that means? So I believe he threw like nine, 10 pitches, whatever. Okay. He had some cramping in yeah. his butt is what I understand. These fucking guys, which I think does, I think does make sense because you're in Florida. It's humid. You're just, you know, it's different when you're in the game and you do all the game stuff versus, when you're getting ready to do a sim sim game, even if it's single A. So, yeah, I think they want to get him some time where he can be effective. And he's probably coming in in like, you know, the fourth inning or whatever, or he's gonna, about to win a Florida State League championship because he's got to be like the playoffs. Days. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like some of our guys have to rehab. Like Bader has to rehab while trying to win a the Rail Riders a championship. That's funny. Is he close, by the way? I don't anything. Dude, him and Carpenter, I haven't heard. That, you know, t- clock started. I don't think Carpenter's even weight-bearing yet. And when Carpenter got the injury and they said six weeks, I was skeptical from the beginning. Because, um, I mean, there is a long way to go from partial weight-bearing to full weight-bearing to walking to jogging to sprinting. Like, that is not a six-week process. <laughs> yeah, and I just, like, I was skeptical about it, like, from the beginning because it's also, like – the Matt Carpenter that we had, and I know he made changes to his swing. That's not Matt Carpenter, the baseball player. That's just not who he is. So it's not like, oh, well, Barry Bonds broke his foot. And if we could get Barry Bonds back, it's just not it's the odds of him being that same productive while clogging up the DH spot. I just don't see happening. I think his role, I think again in the postseason against against righties, you could, you know, DH him. DH him against righties, but like, I don't think he's playing at all against lefties. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So Bader has been ramping up his rehabbing this week. He's resuming running. This is from three days ago. Okay, he's good, good. he's. Uh, he's resumed running on the anti-gravity machine this week. I was going about 85% on Wednesday. Uh, then he ran on the field Friday in New York. He's scheduled to start hitting off a tee over the weekend and resume throwing soon. Then hopefully it will move pretty quickly, said Aaron Boone. Okay, I will guess for like Major League Baseball playing in a game, I'll say that's September 22nd Boston yeah, series. Probably. Um, so Britain's on a strict. 15 pitch count. That's why he was okay. so short. I just, but, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I, I mean, it's really a, count on him. It's a quick turnaround. But compared to some of the other options we have out there, like even if he's just like the last available arm, I'd rather have him than some of the other crap we have out there. I would, but I, I remember when he came back, he tore his Achilles like the year we signed him or, or traded for him or whatever. And I remember it took him so long to get his command back. Remember, he was spiking balls in the dirt like consistently. And he said he said he's a guy that needs the rhythm and that the long layoff really hurt him with his command. And it's just tough to see him coming back after Tommy John a year later and just dominating and saving us. My heart wants to believe it. My head says no. Way. I don't know. I think, you know, when you're going into free agency, it's a little easier to come back and get a couple major league reps on your resume. That's true. That's true. He should be as motivated as ever. Doesn't have a ring. Yeah. Um, Carpenter is undergoing another round of x-rays in early September to determine how his foot is healing. No date has been set. Boone said on Thursday, Carpenter and the Yankees are optimistic. He'll be able to return late in the regular season. Hope so. I hope Miguel so. Miguel Castro began a throwing pro program a few days ago. He's in the early stages of throwing and feeling really good. Aaron Boone. So I, I assume this was three days ago. Boone said he felt good three days ago. I assume Miguel Castro is dead then by now, right? Because <laughs> be. that's just, um, he doesn't Nestor, even help anyway. Nestor, I think I think this is I think it's fake. Oh, me too. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He was okay. already running. They said he was running yesterday. Yeah. Why would you be running if you had a groin strain? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, Efros, nothing hasn't been cleared to throw. Oh wow, they got Chad Green in here. Yep, he's not. He'll be a free agent next year. Never see him again. Nah, Efros, uh, man, they probably did a physical right before the trade, too. Like, that's a little – I mean, I know injuries can happen at any time, but they were looking at his medicals on July 30th, and they look clean, and he's hurt two weeks later. Like, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Holmes is back. I mean, King's done. Steven Riding, he was throwing a, a bullpen earlier in the month. We haven't heard anything. He's the ginger that just throws heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we haven't really heard and then uh, I, it seems like Sevy's going to be back. Dude, the Sevy thing's weird. He says he's been healthy for like weeks. He's like furious that he, they put him on the IL. Well, I trust him <laughs> about as fucking far as I could throw the MRI machine. He won't get in. <laughs> that was a good one. But no, the Nestor, the Nestor thing is definitely is definitely bullshit. I mean, there's no there's no way. I, I know there's things in place to like it's fraud or whatever technically to do that. But. He was already 40 innings over his limit. It's not an arm injury. And, you know, I think they kind of told on themselves a little bit because they're like, yeah, he's got a real groin strain, but he sprinted at 120 feet today. Like, Aaron, that, that doesn't really add up. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're playing some some games to try to – also, you just – you create another rotation spot so that you see what's up with Schmidt 
you know, you, you get to see some of these guys a little more. And, I, I you know, I we're going to be in the playoffs. Yes, but, 100%. But it's a matter of, like, where are we going to be in the playoffs and how far are we going to go in the playoffs? And you need – you we need these guys to be well-rested to, to get there. So you got to find Judge some time. You got to do this with Cortez. I assume Cashman's making the calls. Did you 100%. see the report? Uh, over the weekend, like Cashman's getting an extension. Yeah, I mean the very. Dis- I mean, we've talked about this at length. Uh, I I feel like he basically has ownership level power at this point with how long he's been there. Results haven't been there again. They haven't even gotten to the dance uh, since I was in high school. And uh, yes, he's coming back. But to me, this was never even a conversation in my head. I know you kind of talked about it a little bit. Like I never saw a scenario where he wasn't coming back in the last twenty one years. The Yankees have won one World Series. They have had the top payroll in baseball 14 of those years. They had a top three payroll in 20 of those 21 years. No one has had so much and accomplished so little. And people say, oh, they have so many winning seasons. They've only missed the playoffs four times in that window. What? One, you should never miss the playoffs if you're doing all that. And two – we're not playing for the playoffs. We're playing for the World Series. And I think the Jordan Montgomery and not getting Pablo Lopez and thinking you had a trade and not having it, I think the game is passing him by. And, yes, he comes up with some things where, like, he got Rizzo, and Rizzo looked good the first half of the year. Like, maybe he'd opt out. Now it's like, are we going to be stuck paying him $16 million next year? Um, Donaldson, you know, the first, like, couple weeks, it was like, all right, maybe figure something out. But I'm tired of – Maybe he found lightning in a bottle. I am too. And and let's go back to that twins trade. Everybody seemed to love that trade with the twins. Everybody was sick of Gary, which I hundred percent get. Yep. And, and look, everyone's like, Oh, we got Trevino. Remember Trevino was not a part of that trade. That was a separate trade. If you look at the twins trade, just as it is, we got IKF and Donaldson for, for Gio and Gary. I, I don't maybe we that we broke even. I don't think and we got that other catcher trade. whose name I don't even know. And he never played. So this be our opening day catcher. And you no said we got played by the Marlins, man. We got played by the Twins. They offloaded Donaldson, who nobody fucking wanted, so that they could go pay Correa. That, to me, like you, like where Cashman got passed by, that was a better example than uh, I forget what you just the, than the, the Marlins. Yeah, I, I just I think there's a million examples. Yeah, yeah, that have happened the past couple of years. Yeah, he's always got to win the trade in like some like no one saw it coming. Can't just win the trade because it's like. Well, you gave up some extra things that you didn't need and filled the hole that you do need. Yeah, no, it's frustrating. And, and again, you know, you had Castillo, you had Soto and it was like, oh, just just get get me one of them. And we got, you know, yeah. we got we got the B. He just goes. It's tier two. Everything he does is the B option. You know, Freeman or Rizzo. He goes with the, the B option. I mean, IKF was the D or the F option compared to the other shortstops out there. It, it's tough. And and none of the thing of me is like none of these starting pitching trades at the deadline for 30 fucking years. None of them have ever panned out like not a single one. No, I mean, he's really not that good at his job. Like, I honestly and I know there are people who are like, oh, you're fucking crazy. You're stupid, whatever. If you told me that I could have the most money in baseball. I could have the highest payroll. And I have New York where I've got the fucking celebrities of I got Jay-Z. I've got, you know, whoever else is out there. Robert De Niro, all the fucking the people you see around the stadium, Lord Michaels. I could go out there and win the fucking division every year. Easy. I do, too. I do too. I think both of us could. Fair. I think most of our listeners could. <laughs> like I could miss the playoffs four times in 21 years. Yeah, with a $250 million payroll. And this is my issue with Cashman is he's fallen into this Billy Bean myth or spell that, oh, the playoffs are just random. It's just a crapshoot. You just have to get in and then it's, it's just a flip of the coin. I, I, no, the, certain teams are built to win in the postseason. They, the 90s Yankees were clearly engineered and constructed to win in the postseason with strong starting pitching, timely hitting, and a great bullpen. Even the Braves last year, they they were a team that was built to win in the playoffs. And like, I hate the, I hate the, well, we got there and it's just, it's just a coin flip. Like, no, certain teams are built to perform in the playoffs. That, that bothers me a lot. Like the, the better team wins. 
and there's not like the combination of who are the better players and how are they constructed together and what's their chemistry? Are they going out and getting tattoos while they're slumping? Like those kind of things all weigh into like the better team. And I don't think Cashman has built a team. Like there's it's I get it. People oh well, who else would you want? I mean, Theo Epstein's alive, as far as I know. That's another issue I have. Oh, but who's your replacement? Who would you pick? If my car breaks down on the side of the road, I can tell that the car is broken even if I don't know how to fix it. I'm not a mechanic. I can know something is broken without knowing who the exact solution is. I, and people did that last year with Boone. Oh, but who are you going to replace him with? I don't fucking know. That's not my job, but I know he's not getting it done. And I, and then even if you want to bring him back, I know it's not four years of it. It's just, I don't know if we don't win the world series and we bring back Cashman and Boone. Like, I think if we lose the, um, the buy, I mean, you gotta, if we lose the buy, I want someone else managing the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Nah, but to lose the buy, they'd essentially have to lose the division because the, the guardians are like the guardians are so far behind. So if we basically, if we win the division, we're getting the buy. Yes. Um, very disappointing. And Cashman has done two things really well and sneakily well. One, he's established making the playoffs as the new standard where it was getting to the World Series, you know, during the GD years. The other thing he's done is he is somehow I don't know what he's done. He has turned our beat writers and our media from basically harassing the players and, and being up their asses to asking them about iced lattes and, and their call of duty kill a death ratio. Like, I don't know what he's done behind the scenes, but he has manipulated our beat writers. And they went from these hard ass guys like George King peppering the manager with questions to the beat writers they have now asking about coffee and video games. Like it's been stunning to watch that. Because all the beat writers are looking for something they can tweet that people will like and the ability to go back to these players. Players just have like more power in general. Yeah. They can like freeze these guys out. I mean, if you look at it just in other leagues in general, like in the NBA, like if you just don't want to play for the team at halftime, you can make them trade you. So it's like athletes just have more power now. But I, I do agree. Like the media, they're all like chummy, chummy. No one's trying to beat each other for a scoop anymore. No. They're all like, oh, you, I wrote a book with this player. Da, da, da. Like, I don't give a fuck about Jack Curry's book with a fucking Paul O'Neill or whoever else he writes him with. Like, ask him fucking hard. Michael Kay, who works for the Yes Network, who's been the voice of the Yankees for forever, is the uh, hardest reporter out there. And he's not in the clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, no that, one's more critical man. of the team than him. No, you're right. I've thought, I mean, I can think of like a couple to, I think, was it last year in Philly when we were there? I think Hoke was like, are you guys getting used to losing? Like, are you just accepting losing? Like, that was one question. And I think Mer- Meredith is the but one. But there's that, no follow-up. So you go, oh, right. you guys used to losing. And then they go, what do you mean? Are we would be used to losing? It's right there in front of us. And then they just keep it moving. Instead of just being like, well, then what are you doing to adjust this? Right. And right. not just like the hypothetical of like, oh, well, you know, we're it's right there. No, it's not right there. Well, how do you get it? How do you get it out of right there? Because guess what? Yes. Three million people a year to come to this fucking stadium, pay a billion dollars for parking. Spend a billion dollars on beers. You can't bring your fucking family to the game. No. And you guys are just dicking around, getting fucking tattoos. The tattoo thing is the tattoo thing is so classic, man. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. There's not it's tough to find optimism. I feel like we had these two months of just walking on the clouds and now two months of just being in hell. It's been really it's weird. a loser culture. It is. I've been saying it for years. As yeah, long yeah. as I've been doing the show, it is a fucking it is organizational chaos over there. Let Matt Blake run it all. Yes. Like, <laughs> if I'm Hal Steinbrenner, though, if I'm Hal Steinbrenner. Like, as Hal Steinbrenner, not as Jack Joe Keenan, as Hal Steinbrenner, I fucking love Brian Cashman. Making me money. That's what I care about. Because Hal doesn't give a fuck about winning a World Series. No, no, he doesn't. You know why? Because you saw him bring out the fucking thing for Paul O'Neill. We talked about it last week. You think Hal wants to be on national TV on a stage, like, having to talk to fucking Joe Buck or whoever to get the trophy? No. 
He's so uncomfortable in the spotlight. It's crazy. Yeah. He, he, it's not who he wants to be. It's not where he wants to be. It's wild, man. Cause you think about all the people that would love to own, like, it's probably, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's dream would probably be to like own the Yankees. If you can't play for them. Right. And he yeah. like, doesn't really want to do it. It's kind of mind boggling. I mean, I'd love to see some kind of thing that gets Jeter involved. Yes. And, and do they need some sort of boost, man? Like, That'd be perfect. Just even if you just give him a bullshit name only title. Oh, he's a consultant advisor. No, you need something. No, because he doesn't want that because the same thing is paying Chapman two million dollars a year to play in Kansas City. He's not a busy work guy. Yeah, I just think he's too much of a control freak to like I think he'd be a great free agent recruiter. We'll get him get him some kind of role like that for his Hall of Fame night. Is he? I'm actually going. I don't even know if he's making – if he's speaking or if they're just calling it that. Like he's got to be in the building, right? Yeah. He's probably throwing out the first pitch. Maybe a quick quick thing at the podium or probably not. Maybe. But like when is that? It's a Friday night. It's the night. Yeah. yeah, Jeter Hall of Fame induction tribute night. I mean – There's some sort of giveaway. Yeah. They're giving away like a fucking plaque or something. Yeah. Like his Cooperstown thing. So the first 40,000 guests. Hey. All right. I'll get one. I missed the Nestor. I didn't get the Nestor shirt. And I was, yeah, but at least 40,000. They're not cheaping out on it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. Because when it's 15,000, it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. I'm not getting there in time for that. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know that he's. Yeah. I don't know that that's what he's doing, that he's going out there. Because how many speeches are you going to give? He gave a speech when they closed the stadium. Gave a speech as he's retiring. I had to do the whole season of press conferences. Yeah. Gave a after he retired. They had that Mother's Day game. Yeah. Came out, gave a speech, got into the Hall of Fame, had to wait an extra year, gives a speech, just does this HBO thing, uh, the ESPN thing is on Sunday Night Baseball. How many fucking speeches are you going to get? I know everything about Derek Jeter. Yeah. And unless he's going to fucking suit up. I really care what he has to say at this point. And he's not going to say anything interesting. Yeah. Unless if, I'll tell you what, it's September 9th. Unless he is standing there, you know, wherever they put the podium or whatever. And he turns to the dugout and says, Hey, will you guys fucking do something? There you go. That, that would be awesome. Yeah. Like let's get Jeter after it's just start call. I wish Jeter needed a job. Like, cause he does, he's got so much money. Because he can just start calling out players, like wrestling style, fucking shoot himself into a job. Scare them a lot more than Boone. Oh, my God. Imagine Jeter calling. He's so cold looking, too. I'd be terrified if he like. Because it's just like dead behind his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. Like, it's kind of when when Boone is like, it's right there in front of us. It's just like, oh, that's he's my buddy. (laughs) Derek Jeter's not mad at you. He's disappointed. Yes. No, you're right. The, the the inflection you just used on the boon, it's it's hard to it's hard to take him seriously when he when he does that stuff. But, yeah, no, it's uh, oh, dear. I, you're right, though. I'm surprised they're not doing that on the on the football Sunday, the 11th. Yeah, because like a Friday night game, you're going to get good attendance regardless. Yeah, a decent attendance, especially after the summer. It's after Labor Day. Post Labor Day, the city is back. People are back. They're all back from the Hamptons. They've all got crabs, and but everyone's back, and they're ready to go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this team. Uh, well, actually, we talked all these relievers. We forgot that we are actually set because Chase and Shreve is back. Oh, my. They slipped that. They buried that. They made – they did, like, that was, like, a reply tweet. They, like, added it to a thread. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he, I guess, like, Instagram posted. He was the first Yankee to ever follow me on Twitter. I and remember he, you telling me that. And yeah. then he sucked and he got off Twitter. He was terrible. I Was he on a minor league deal? He's not on the active. He's roster. on a minor league deal. He'll be yeah, back yeah. by the end of the week. <laughs> back by Thursday. Are you kidding me? He's probably meeting the team in Tampa. Do they go right to Holmes? Like if, if it's 2-1 in the ninth, they go right to Holmes or do you think they're going to ease him back in? You go right to Holmes. Who else you are you going to get? Right? We don't have more time. Who else are you going to go to? I know. Does I know. it feel like whenever Wandy Peralta is pitching – when you look at his face, doesn't he look like a character in a movie who like 
got powers almost like rookie of the year. Like he randomly got powers to play baseball and he's like, this is going to end soon. Like, I don't even know how I got here. He always is on the mound. Like, I don't understand what steps in life got me to this point, but I don't like it. He kind of looks like a caricature or a cartoon. He's just like a lot of these baseball players, like kind of look the same. They have the same expressions, like the same dead. Like you said, the dead eyes for Derek, like just blank expressions. He just he looks like he'd be in a, yeah, in a movie or a cartoon or something. He, he definitely looks a little funky. Apparently, he's a crazy prankster, too. He just looks like he has no idea how he got there. Like he's just like, I don't know, man. I'm the field, the trash picking field goal picking Philadelphia phenomenon like Tony Danza. That's what it is. Like how Todd Frazier just kind of looked like a construction worker who, like Brian Cashman, saw playing softball in Pelham Bay Park. <laughs> uh, but we got Chase and Shreve yeah, in the minor leagues. Looking up. Soon to be back. He's single. He's single. He's going through a divorce right now. Uh, so all the ticket reps at the stadium, gear up. That's where he found this last one. Um, <laughs> speaking of the minor leagues. It seems as if the minor leaguers are about to um, unionize, which I think is good for the Yankees. So we talked for a second before the show. We literally, if like you look at the timer of this, it's like we get on. There's like a minute and 20 seconds. They're like, oh, how you going? How's your wife? Your kid's alive? All right, great. You ready? Let's not waste anything. Let's get fucking angry for the people. Um so you said you don't know anything about this. Not much, not much, no. All right. So minor leaguers make single A five hundred dollars a week, double A six hundred, triple A seven hundred for the most part. Some guys make a little more, no one makes any less. They're not really paying people less than that. They're not trying to pay people more than the minimum. So in twenty twenty with COVID the minor leaguers formed like not a union, but like an advocacy group or something like that so that they had someone kind of representing them of like, you guys are canceling our season. We can't develop. We technically can't go play anywhere else. We can't make any money. We're kind of slaves. And that helped get like a lot of owners to like kick in some stipends for guys. And now that is dissolving all of the people who work for that organization, which I think is only like a couple are now, employees of the players association and then those player the players are now like voting to become part of the union what i think happens with this is we see rookie ball and all the a's i bet we see dissolved because if you're going to get these guys because it's fair that these people should make a living wage i think they should make the minimum for a baseball a professional baseball player uh, in affiliated baseball should be $50,000 a year, I think. Yeah, it's like what a BDR makes. Yes. Yeah. Enough so that these guys can play. Because they also, when they, I said what they make a week, that's for five months. You're not paid in the offseason. You're not played in spring training. So these guys are making like $15,000 a year. Some of them have long-term relationships, marriages, kids come with that. It gets messy. And you've got to train. So it used to be like, oh, they deliver pizza or whatever in the offseason. That's not sustainable. They don't have money. So they have to take like these like instructional jobs when you can. There's only so many of them. Yeah. So like work at an academy. Like now you're working with high school kids for 10 bucks an hour so you can eat so that you can then go and try to, you know, eventually make it to the big leagues where you got to be there for six years before you get paid. So. I also think there's way too many minor leaguers. Like, you don't need that. Like, so few of them make it to That's the big That's true. Leagues. That is true, yeah. It's insane that, like, the 18-year-old who gets drafted, you know, in theory, 18-year-olds can go play in the NBA. They have the one-year rule, but it's stupid. But they are physically able to go do it. In the NFL, I get you've got a three years just because your body has to physically get to a point where you can fucking crash into people. So that's three years, and then you're right in the NFL if you're good enough to play in the NFL. And, yeah, there are a couple guys who maybe go to the Arena League and then make their way there. But, like, if you're good enough, you're there. Hockey, I don't even know how hockey works, but, like, you're fucking – there are kids in there that are, like, 18. Baseball, while it is hitting a round ball with a round bat squarely and it's, you know, very difficult sport, I mean, 
you get some of these guys who are supposed to be great, like, you know, Jason Dominguez, and I get it. He was signed at 16, but it's just, or Gary Sanchez. It's fucking eight years before you're in the big leagues. So I think it's time to cut bait, like all the people that they played while they were dicking around in like rookie ball, get rid of, you're right in double a. And if you can't play at the double a level, or we think that you're not going to be there soon enough where it's worth paying you $50,000 to just train, then let's get you moved on with your life and figuring out what your life after baseball is sooner rather than later. Yeah, you're doing them a service because right now it's what it's you have rookie ball, you have low A, high A, double A, triple A. You got to take it from five to three, like minimum or maybe even two. You could have a minor leagues level one, minor leagues level two. That's what I think it is. Yeah. I, I th- And I think those rosters probably expand, though, to like thirty five. Okay, bigger. The uh, but the other argument is, oh, what about all the stadium workers and the this and the that for those other clubs? Yeah, I mean, it's not socialism. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. There are a lot of small towns who are going to be impacted. Yes. By this, yes. right? If you don't have, like, I don't know the what do we got here? The Wilmington Blue Rocks. They're single A for the Nationals. 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 Okay. Nationals. Yep. So you're single A for the Nationals. They're right here in Wilmington, Delaware. There's a stadium built. And it sucks that that may go to waste where they'll have to find a way to repurpose it and people will lose jobs. But in order for those people to keep their jobs, you've got 30 players who are not making a living. It's true. That's very fair. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, again, you're doing them a service because, yeah, figure out your, you know, go make 60 grand somewhere or figure out what you want to do with, with the rest of your life, which I know can be. Very difficult. Like I, the best, you know, I played with this kid in little league. He was nasty. He ended up played at Louisville. Like, I mean, he was a top 30 recruit coming out of high school. And now he like does something with mortgages or something. It's like depressing, you know? It's like, yeah. And I think that gets, so that helps fans of major league baseball teams like the Yankees who feel like their teams aren't trying to have the best 26 guys, but the best, fucking hundred guys mm-hmm. or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, you're that right. Numbers cut down. You're less likely to, I think, do the the shuttle. And I know they're, they've changed the rules to make it a little more difficult, but like less of the shuttle from triple A, because then you got to shuttle a guy up from double A. And then, yeah, I think you have, maybe you have like an unofficial extended spring training, like whatever they have, we're gonna, but you've got to pay these people a living wage. I agree. I agree. No, it's a good take. I did see a funny tweet. It was like, oh, if the minor leagues really want to, you know, re- revamp, they should just charge all the players 50 grand a year and call it college. <laughs> it's like, that's hilarious. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it would help baseball. And I get when there wasn't for some of these towns, when they just have like a minor league team, when there wasn't the Internet or there wasn't a billion streaming services, that was the only entertainment in town. Yeah. Right. That is interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely not as popular. I mean, even me, like I live 15 minutes from the Trenton Thunder and Jamie and I are like, oh, well, you know, we'll go to one. It, they, the season ends tomorrow. We we didn't go. Yeah, of course <laughs> you did not I mean, even the, um, you know, the Savannah Bananas. That's a funny name, though. Oh, so you don't know about the Savannah Bananas. So the Savannah Bananas play in I don't even know what league. I don't think they're even affiliated. I think they're one of those like, independent teams. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they they've become like a sideshow, like uh, a husband and wife bought the team who were like in their 30s a couple years ago. And they just like it's fan interaction is amazing. They do crazy promotions. It's minor league. They sell out every single game and they are leaving affiliated baseball. They are not going to be in a league and they are now going to host. They're essentially making like a Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, just do whatever the fuck they want because they're independent. Yeah. And it's entertaining. But like, you know. I mean, no one's going to see the Durham Bulls. No, no. Yeah, I can't remember the last. I, I haven't been to a minor league game in a while. I did go to the Wilmington Blue Rocks in, in college just because I went to, to UD. But, yeah, no, it, that, that is a decent that is a decent idea because it is – they are all screwed. It's good that they're finally unionized. Didn't Manfred say – make some stupid comment that he thought they were well paid or just some yeah. crazy asinine comment? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just a matter of, like – you know, the guys who are not who aren't Aaron Judge, who aren't Bryce Harper, who aren't the guys who are like definitely going to make it. And yeah, when they cut the because the draft is shorter now, too, 
Like yes, when they we did were graduating. Draft, yeah. It was 50 rounds. And even when it went to 50 rounds, people were like, well, Mike Piazza was in the 62nd round. And it's just like, yeah, so we would, we won't get Mike Piazza. I, my life would be fine without Mike Piazza. Stop, call me Roger Clemens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I think the round that, I mean, every time Nestor pitches the announcer, so oh, he was the 36th round. And I don't even think it goes that high anymore. I think it goes up to maybe 25 or 30 now. Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause I mean, you got to remember for every Nestor or Mike Piazza or whatever, there's the hundreds of thousands of guys that didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Every year and getting, you know, some of them get themselves in trouble by trying to find ways to make money. I mean, you got, you see like stories like six, seven guys staying in a one bedroom apartment. Like it's just not how anyone should have to live. Right. Especially when the the payoff is yes. The payoff is you make $700,000 a year with the opportunity to make millions, but that's going to take six more years, even when you get to that thing. So you've got to generate tens of millions of dollars to then, even when you go out and you hit, hit 50 home runs, and whatever the the stat nerds are like, that's worth sixty million dollars a year. Great, we're gonna give you thirty five. You're still not getting what you're. Yeah, no, it's such a battle. I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably juice if I was in the minors and I was like on the bubble or something. I really like. Obviously, I think a Rod and Bonds, guys like that. You know, you don't need to do it. But if it's, oh, I'm gonna make the show or I'm gonna go sell insurance. Like, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably juice if I was minor leaguer. Dude, I'm thinking about juicing now. Yeah. I'm done with kids. Mm-hmm. I think my plan is so what I do is I try to work out in the spring or in like winter mm-hmm. to like be decent when I have to take my shirt off. Gotcha. Like at the pool. Yeah. And now and then it's just ribs and burgers and yeah. fucking ice cream all summer. So like it's right. bad right now. I haven't yeah. worked out since June okay. aside from like being in the pool. So I got to work out a little bit. I want to get a physical, get some blood work done, whatever. And then I think I'm going to go to an anti-aging doctor. Yeah. I don't think there's any shame in that, dude. I think I'm just going to get on HGH. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it'll be prescribed. It's not like I'm going to buy it in an alleyway. Oh, uh, I gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm going to go to a doctor that's going to say, like, yes, you, your testosterone, you're close to 40, whatever it is, you should have this. Um, and then I'll look to buy it. It'll be like $1,200 a month, and then I'll just buy it online from Canada for like $200 a month. Is that in the U.S. It's $1,200 a month? I was talking to someone. They were like, "Yo, it's expensive in the U.S., but you can get it from Canada online." And they'll ship it. They'll ship it to Jersey yeah. or wherever. Yeah, I don't know how legal it is, but I'm not running for Congress yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, you'll be. Nobody's nobody's looking for that. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're looking for two out of three in Oakland and two out of three at the trap. I- I'll take three and three this week. If, honestly. Honestly, just playing some 500 baseball would be nice. Yeah. I mean, they went four and two last week, but it just didn't feel like it because they lost the last two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a good week, but it's just like, I don't know, man. You're the Globetrotters, and you just lost to the Washington Generals. It was. If we would have podcasted the day after sweeping the Mets, it'd be a whole different. But yeah, totally different. Not totally not how it goes. It was cool. I will say, beating Scherzer that was a big deal. I know we've been shitting on them the whole time. I've always whined about how they can never beat elite pitchers. It was really cool to see them beat Scherzer. Yeah. That's about all the positivity. <laughs> That's all we got. Well, hey, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyny. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. We'll be back uh, next week. We'll probably record on like Tuesday, so it's not actual Labor Day when we're recording. Uh, but we'll figure that out, and we will let you know. And I don't know. I mean, if we win some games, we'll see you at the parade, I guess. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.